we are all subject to illness. Even if you end up at the end of your life having never been ill, it could have happened. So there's part of it is the anxiety and the concern over this. Sometimes people put it out of their mind. They don't think about it. They don't like to think about it. And in some ways, that's not a bad attitude. But when they think about it, it just makes them nervous, anxious, fearful, depressed. So if that's the case, who wants to be nervous, anxious, fearful, and depressed? Now, what the Buddha is suggesting is that we do reflect on this, and that's different than just thinking about it. Reflecting on this and recollecting this possibility of being very, very ill is done in a different spirit than just thinking about it. It's very important that the spirit that it's done in is not one of anxiety and fear. And of course, it's actually better if you can meditate on this before you get sick. We need to allow the mind to accept this possibility. And we need to accept it without fear and anxiety. Is it possible to realize that you're vulnerable and subject to sickness and sickness which can lead to death without it depressing you or causing you anxiety? Now that would be good because that is the real situation. So we want to process this information in the right mood. And this is the first thing about Buddhism is it says that you can actually look at these stark truths about what it is to be a sensitive, vulnerable human without negative emotions accompanying it. Now this is the first thing. Quite often the standard dialogue about illness and death in the ordinary world is always accompanied by a heightened drama, a sense of the tragedy, the sadness, the fearfulness. And quite often the ordinary person or even people who should know better, professionals, psychologists, etc., they even demand that you be in a state of fear, worry, sadness over these things and if you're not they even pull out this word denial they say oh you're in denial you're not accepting it otherwise you would you need to experience your sadness around this this is what i would call a mark of lack of wisdom in pervasive throughout the modern world it's a lack of wisdom to say things like that it is possible for wise people to face situations like death and illness without fear, without sadness. And so we actually aspire to that and you need supportive voices. Voices that support the idea that you should not slip into the tragic sense just because of the reality that the body, which is a product of nature and is not 
personally owned by you or controlled by you is subject to illness, aging, and death. So this is an attitude. Now, if you don't have confident voices on this side, you're likely to be constantly misdirected by family members, by friends, by professionals like doctors and psychologists, you're going to have a voice of misdirection which is going to be strongly suggesting to you that this is a very scary emergency that you're experiencing. That this, they will even tell you on the phone, I have bad news and I want you to come in. I don't want to tell you on the phone the bad news. I have bad news. Well, at the, right off the bat, bad news. They're already telling you that this is bad and that it's news. Cancer. Well, here is my news. It's not news. There's nothing new about it. The very day you're born is the very day that you have a very good potential for cancer or some other illness. There's nothing surprising or new about this information. That information is provided the day you're born. Now, the next thing is that it's bad news. Uh, it can't really be bad news because it's, it's not news at all. It's not good news and it's not bad news. It's not news. It's not a surprising event. Illness should never be surprising. Now, good and bad is a suggestion to your emotional response. And so the wise response is that it is not helpful to fall into negative emotions while you're sick. The last thing you need to accompany your bodily discomfort, your weakness, your pain, is to be sad, afraid, anxious, worried. That is the last thing you need when your body is sick. Even to say your body is a mistake. It's not your body. This th thing is grows by itself, is the product of biological laws, nature in fact. And anybody who thinks about this for a few minutes realizes this. And we confuse ourselves by talking about it as our body. We don't know how it works. And by the way, if it was your body, you wouldn't have cancer, would you? But since it's not your body, cancer has arrived. This is very important. This is not just a, an interesting philosophical idea. This is extraordinarily important. Because when it's your cancer, there's things to be afraid of. When it's not your cancer, there's nothing to be afraid of. Think about this. If the phone call comes and says, 
bad news, you have cancer. Now, the, the ordinary person feels deflated, they feel overwhelmed, they feel nervous, they feel in shock. And then the phone rings again, 20 minutes later, and with great apologies, they say, oh, we've made a mistake. You do not have cancer. That was somebody else's report. How do you feel now? You feel a sense of relief. You might laugh even hysterically. This sense of relief. It, it, you do not have cancer. Of course, somebody else does. <laughs> I don't know. But we celebrate that. It's, I don't have cancer. Notice the ownership issue here. When it's your cancer, it's a problem. When it's not your cancer, there's no problem. Even if it's somebody else's cancer, it's not your problem. So, think about that. When you have cancer, there's a big issue. When the body has cancer, which is not your body, it's not an issue of ownership. It's not yours. This may sound tricky or subtle. It's not. It's the obvious fact right in front of your face. No one can deny it. You don't own and control your body. The thing runs by itself. And therefore, sense of ownership and identity with your body should be abandoned. It's very dangerous for you. You are going to subject yourself to pain, to fear, to anxiety when you have a strong sense of identity with your body. So you need to reflect on this. It will help you. It will relieve so many things. Now I have a suggestion. You're going to forget this. Your friends are going to be talking to you. You're going to be listening to counseling groups, etc. And they're going to be in uh, confusion and turmoil. And you're going to start forgetting that it is not your body. What you need to do is have a recording of a talk like this, or even this very talk, that you listen to on a regular basis. And the voice of another, that is my voice, or somebody talking in the same mode, is going to pull you out of your false sense of identity with your body and the suffering that accompanies that. So have recordings, videos, or, or audio of the voice of another pulling you out of wrong ideas about your body and about how to respond to this illness. So this is very, very important. The Buddha himself says the voice of another can be profoundly helpful to you. But that voice has to be the voice of wisdom. It can't be the voice of folly. You can't expect your neighbor or your relatives or your friends, or your spouse, or your children, or your parents, to necessarily be wise about these things. They're going to have all kinds of 
inadequate responses to this. Perhaps they're wise. How fortunate it would be if they were. But you have to make sure that, because this is a very important thing, that you do not listen to unwise voices and that you listen to wise voices. And the mark of the wisdom of that voice is that you feel better. You feel less afraid. You feel less anxious. You feel well and happy and peaceful. But in touch with the truth. And the truth is right in front of our face. This body is a product of nature. And the process of cancer is natural and it happens. It's not something unnatural. It's not something that shouldn't happen. It's not bad news. It's not news at all. It's just the nature of the body to get ill like this. It's a fragile, vulnerable thing. Now, we need to have some strategies for dealing with pain as well. Pain may come up. The first thing is that pain is one feeling. Fear of pain is another. And the fear of pain is worse than the pain. So since we might have physical pain, we should be very, very determined not to make it any worse. And that means that you can't afford to be afraid of it. You can't afford to worry about it, to be anxious about it to hope that you won't experience it. You need to get it into its place, and that is, it is a bodily sensation. And there's no uh, heroism in this. It's not that we want to just face the pain. If you get medications which reduce the pain, by all means, take them. But sometimes they only dull the pain or... You need some strategies for helping reduce the high awareness of pain. What you need to do is put your mind on something else than the pain. Some people will tell you to just go into the pain, etc. Not necessarily good advice. You really need an object which replaces the object of pain, the object of your consciousness being aware of pain, you need an alternative object which replaces that. So you have to strongly go to some other sensation or thought, and you have to invest in it very deeply. So this is the essence of meditation as well. It really helps if you have practiced this ahead of time. But if you haven't, this is as good a time as any to start. So here's some objects that you can fully immerse your mind in to get free from this this sensation called pain. And it's possible that that pain will be so far away from your awareness that you won't actually experience it for periods of time. So the object can be one simple one, the breath, the experience of the air entering the body in the nasal cavity and exiting the body through the nasal cavity. 
This nasal cavity is a spacious area inside your head, and it's not the medical or biological nasal cavity, it's the one you feel. It's the airy, spacious quality inside your head. When you breathe in, the air is usually cooler. When you breathe out, it's about body temperature. Place all your attention on that light and airy space in the nasal cavity and you will feel like your head is full of air. This is a lovely place to go and spend as long as you can there. It's a way of reducing the experience of pain. But it won't happen if you are doubtful about this. You need to be confident and fully and wholeheartedly immerse yourself in that lovely, light, cool air. You can practice this by counting, counting the out-breaths from one up to five and then starting again. And if you lose your place, come back to one and keep counting the breaths from one to five. This will be a great pain reliever. The second topic which is helpful is loving kindness. There is no room for fear, dread, sorrow, any of those things when you have your mind on loving kindness. They are mutually exclusive. When you're experiencing loving kindness, you feel safe and has a great ability to reduce pain in the body. Unlike any other thing you can imagine, a true sense of loving kindness gives you freedom from fear, fear of death, fear of pain, fear of the future, fear of the past, all of these things. Fear goes away and that's what you want to do is release yourself from fear. So loving kindness is something you don't just practice it at random. You find objects of loving kindness that are easy to pay attention to. For some, it's uh, kittens, puppies, children, babies, grandmothers, grandfathers, parents, friends, whoever or whatever is easy. This is not a challenging exercise. You're in no situation to be challenged. You need easy objects of loving kindness. And you're going to just immerse yourself in this. And you're going to find out that when you immerse yourself in this, preoccupy yourself with this, fill yourself with this, that pain diminishes and recedes into the distance. So this is very important. Now, you can't be around negative voices. You try to avoid people who talk about fear or anger or any that bring up these emotions of anxiety. You can't afford to associate with this, especially now that you have this illness. And by the way, so if it's not you that has the cancer, this is advice that you can give to somebody that you're caring for or helping with cancer. So now the other way to get wrong association, which creates anxiety, fear, worry, 
is listening to media or reading things that make you afraid. You can't afford to. You have to find the voice of wisdom, both in a book that you're reading, in a magazine that you're reading, in a talk that you're listening to, in a video, and it doesn't matter whether it's a, a fictional work or a fact-based one, you, uh, much of the media is uh, pulling you into drama by creating fear and worry. So it catches your attention. You can't afford that. You really can't afford any of that negative media, negative fiction even. You need positive fiction. The voice of another pulling you into a state of well-being, loving-kindness. Not able to generate this yourself, put on your headphones, lie in bed, lie in a hammock, sit, whatever you have to do, and listen to the voice of another pulling you out of this. And if it has to be this very talk, very good. And listen to it again and again and again. And remember, we are all subject to illness. Illness should never be surprising. You don't own and control your body. Sense of ownership and identity with your body should be abandoned. You need to reflect on this. It will help you.